Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. The Healing Word program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church where Christ is honored and people are loved. Truly, this is the day the Lord has made and He made it for you and He made it out of a heart of love. Here's a gift that you didn't earn. He gives it to you. On today's Healing Word broadcast, Pastor Jack Morris is here. He's going to explore the subject of love namely the love of Christ that not only was manifest on the cross as a sacrifice for your sins and mine, but a love that continues to bless us every moment of every day. Here's Pastor Morris with an introduction of the message for today, The Measure of Love. In just a moment, we're going to go into the sanctuary and I have a very special message entitled The Measure of Love. How do you measure love? We have but to look at Jesus and see how he gave his all to, for us, to us. How he has blessed us with everlasting life. A gift, something we didn't earn. We couldn't earn. He gave his all. Now he calls upon us to take up our cross and follow him. And to love him with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, with all our soul. Let's go into the sanctuary and hear this message. And fall in love with Jesus all over again. And experience the warmth of his love to us. The measure of love. How do you measure love? Think about it with me for just a few minutes. How do you measure it? Is there a, a, a yardstick, a rule, a, a test tube? How, how do you really measure love? A teacher came to Jesus on one occasion and asked Jesus, what is the greatest of all the commandments? Tell me the greatest one. Now, I believe this teacher was very sincere because when Jesus explained the commandment to him, Jesus then said, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, in answer to his question, what is the greatest of all commandments? Jesus said, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart. I read that and I thought, you mean to tell me I can have a divided heart and only love him with a, a Part of my heart, 75%, 95%. He said, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And he said, the second is like that, the first one, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and all your strength, then you will love your neighbor as yourself. It'll just automatically take care of itself. There will be the love and all Ten Commandments will be fulfilled when you love the Lord in this fashion. But how do I know when I'm loving the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, strength? How do I know that? By the help of the Holy Spirit, I pray that a revelation will come to your heart and my heart this morning. And we will somehow know how dedicated I am to God. How committed I am to God. 
how much I truly love the Lord, or am I just mouthing words, or is it truly my life given to the Lord Jesus? Do you have your Bible open? I didn't ask to have this put on the screen, but verse 17 of the text that was just read to us. Read it in unison, those of you who have the Bible open. Those who don't, just just listen together. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. There were some who were trying to discredit the Apostle Paul. They were trying to put him down, make him look inferior, even embarrass him. And Paul said, I have proof that I'm a true minister of the gospel and a true follower of the Lord. He said, look at my body. Look at my scars. Paul said, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The Greeks had a word for marks, this word mark here. The word that the Greeks had is stigma. Now, we've taken that word, stigma, and brought it over into the English vocabulary. And in our thinking, stigma is something to be ashamed of, something that is a disgrace. Uh, It causes inferiority. Uh, So stigma is singular, but Paul said he had scars, plural, so the plural is stigmata. Look at my scars. Now, Paul was not a good-looking man at all. He had bruises, cuts that would never heal. He had been stoned in Lystria and taken out of the city limits to die. When they would stone a person in New Testament times, they would drag their body out of the city limits, out of the gate, throw it out, not to bury it, but leave it out there for the animals to come and eat it. Now, that's was Paul on the outside of the gate of the city. But God miraculously healed him and brought him back to life. In Philippi, he was beaten 39 times, 39 stripes. In Jerusalem, he was beaten again 39 times. So Paul is saying, those of you who are troubling me, I'm not going to be troubled by you. You're saying I'm not a Christian, I'm not a follower, I'm not a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't bother me with that. I have been branded like a cowboy would brand a cow. Uh, I have been branded. These scars, I glory in them. They are marks of my love to the Lord Jesus Christ. David Livingston, you may have heard of the missionary to Africa years ago. David Livingston came home from Africa after many years of service in Africa. And uh, he was invited by the chancellor of the University of Glasgow to come and speak to the student body. And when the chancellor introduced him, David Livingston stood up and walked to the platform and the whole university body of students were there. And the students noticed that his hair had been uh, baked crisp by the tropical sun, that his body had been wasted away with jungle fever, that his right arm just hung limp at his side because he was attacked by a ferocious lion. 
And when the students saw God's missionary, the evidence was so clear. The whole student body in silence and in awe rose to their feet out of reverence for God's missionary. You know, some people have something they can point to and say, that's how much I love the Lord. That's how much I care for the Lord. Now, I'm convinced that we're not going to have to be beaten or stoned or attacked by a ferocious lion, that most of us will never have scars uh, physically to prove our love for the Lord. And that's not necessary. But the heart, the examination of the heart, I'm going to ask myself the question, and you ask yourself the question, how much, Jack Morris, do you really love the Lord? If you were given an examination, would you get an A plus, or a B, a B minus? How would God grade you in your love and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ? I say I love him. Oh, I say lots of things. I, I suppose every person we would, yes, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Well, when we say I love the Lord, he says, take up your cross and follow me. You see, a cross leaves scars. He had a cross. What did he mean, take up your cross? Well, friend, think about it for just a little while today. Think about it with me. Take up your cross and follow me. Today, I believe there is a search for a comfortable, easy Christianity. We want to be comfortable. We want, to be, we want it easy. We don't want any demands made of us. Don't tell me what to do. Don't even invite me. Get somebody else. A comfortable Christianity. But yet we keep saying, I love the Lord. You know, I've heard a saying, and I shouldn't say it right now, but I'm going to say it anyway. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> Turn to today's message following an invitation for you to attend the Largo Community Church in person. This coming Sunday morning, we have returned to a live service in the church sanctuary starting at 9 o'clock and God's blessing as never before through music, fellowship, prayer, and the preaching of God's Word by Pastor Jack Morris. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved, welcomes you this Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Now, let's return for the conclusion of the message for today. I was just talking to my daughter yesterday on the phone. She was on her way to work, and she was on the cell. Uh, she was going down to Atlanta. Uh, she is, sits in a little cubicle. There's like a television monitor there. And um, a deaf, non-hearing person will call in and speak to her with their hands, and she will see them on the monitor. Deaf person will tell her who to call and what message to give. So then she picks up the phone and dows them, the, the family member or the friend, and she tells them that your friend is on the line, Mary's on the line, Joe's on the line, and this is what Joe or Mary wants to tell you. And then Mary or Joe will tell her what to tell the person. So that person is watching also, and then Rebecca will 
send the message back. Well, Rebecca says things, uh, people have been laid off and things have, uh, aren't, uh, she's not making as much money and putting in the hours that she was making and putting in. And uh, she said another company, <coughs> very similar to this company, came into town and they took a lot of our employees. They, they quit here and went over there because they would make more money over there and get better benefits. Well, I'm her dad. I said, why didn't you quit and go over there? <laughs> she said, well, this is the reason. And she was driving. She said, when I hired on years ago, I signed a contract, which was a contract to me. And she said, it's a non-binding contract, nothing legal about it. She said, but I said that we all had to sign it, even those who quit and went over there, that I would not take another job similar to this one for six months after I leave this firm. She said, so if I had quit to go over there, she said, I, would have, I wouldn't have been keeping my word. She said, now, I couldn't have been arrested for it because a lot of our employees did quit and go over there. They're making more money. They have better benefits. She said, but I would have had to have waited six months. And she said, Dad, I, I, I gave my word. Are you still with me? You know, we give him our word, but do we give him our heart? Do we give him our soul? Do we give him our mind? Do we give him our strength? I love the Lord. Oh, I give you my word, Lord. I do love you. The Lord said, okay, let me see something. Take up your cross and follow me. So I'm going to love. What am I doing? My soul, my heart, my mind, my strength. <clears throat> when I love, love bends toward the object it loves. It keeps bending and keeps bending until it merges in and becomes one with identifies with. That's why he said, the two of you, husband and wife, will become one flesh. Now, you are to bend, and I am to bend so much toward Jesus that no one can tell Jesus and me apart anymore. I live in a different body, but in my heart, he reigns. When people look at you, they see Jesus living, walking, talking, serving, doing, loving the neighbor as themselves. He said, love the Lord your God, bend toward God until you become so identified with God that you are a living example, a Bible out there walking, working, wherever you live, wherever you work. You're the word of God in human flesh. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, not a divided heart, but with all your heart. You love the Lord your God, all your heart. My heart is, is, is the most vital organ of my body. My heart pumps nourishment to every cell in my body. When one cell dies, my whole body begins to die. And so my heart is so vital. If my heart isn't working, then there is no me. I'm over. Life is gone. And so the Lord said, your heart, love me with all your heart or with all your life, the, the, the most vital part of you. I must be enthroned upon your heart with all your soul. Now, when he says heart, it includes soul, mind, and strength. But now Jesus breaks it down, heart. Here's heart, but he breaks down the heart is also soul. That's a part of heart. Mind is a part of heart. 
Strength is a part of heart. He says, your soul, love me with all your soul. My soul, what, are, what, what is that? That my soul. God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and he became a living soul. My soul is something that is unseen, but yet it begins to reveal itself in the life that I live. My soul is where my disposition comes from. My desires come out of my soul. My likes and dislikes, that all originates in my soul. It's originating in the heart, but the, the part of the heart that it's originating in is the soul. Friend, listen to me. How's your soul today? Are you loving God with all your soul, with every disposition, with every attitude, with every desire you have? Is it for Jesus? And if there's a desire or, or a thought or a disposition that is not Christ-like, Oh, God, forgive me, cleanse me, get it out of here. I come to this communion table where I see he gave his all, and I get that out. Now, I'm to love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. Well, let's go back to soul. Soul also is an expression of your five senses. I hope I can get them now. (laughs) Your touch, your taste, your seeing, your healing, hearing. What a You're smelling. Okay. When my soul no longer exists, there's no touching. There's no smelling. There's no tasting. It's gone. It's all over. So your soul is you. Now, he talks about loving God with all my mind. What is, what is he talking about? He's talking about that every intellectual facility that I have... I can't read some of those junky books and look at some of those junky programs and get all that corruption stuck in my mind. I can't do it and then say, oh, I love you, Lord. I can't shift gears in my walk with God. It just doesn't work that way. Maybe, friend, listen to me. Maybe you're finding out why some of the prayers and miracles aren't happening that you've been praying for. I don't know. But today is the day we are to examine ourselves when we come before the Lord. And so every intellectual pursuit uh, is, is given over to the Lord. God gave me a brain. God gave me a mind. I've got to give my heart back to him. I've got to give my soul back to him. I've got to give my brain back to him. I've got to give my strength back to him. And now I'm, my strength is the things that I get out there and do for the Lord. Does the people look at you and see a walking, talking, loving Jesus? Do you love all people, respect all people? Everybody's the same. You've given your heart to the Lord. He's given his heart to you. Now, Jesus loves us with an everlasting love. Now, I've been thinking about this one scripture for weeks now. Love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. And I've been trying to, am I doing that with all To what degree? To what extent? And then I thought about coming to this holy altar. And I see what he has done for me. He's given not part of himself, but all of himself. The stigma of the cross, the stigmata, he took it all. I was at a church two weeks ago, Corinne and I. I heard a great sermon, wonderful sermon. I just want to tell you an illustration that the pastor used. I sat out in the audience And that's where I wanted to be. It was just great to hear and feast on that sermon. And he said, he told a story of 
two young men who were lawyers. But before they became lawyers, they, were, they grew up in the same neighborhood. They were, they were buddies. They were very close to each other. They, they were just almost in a one-flesh relationship. They were just great, great fellows, and they supported each other. So they both went to high school together. They went to college together, went to law school together. One of them, because of a great man of integrity, was voted to become a judge. The other man, also a lawyer, somehow got in with the wrong crowd and uh, somehow got involved in drugs. And then the drugs going out to young people. And he was making lots of money, but he got caught. And they brought him before the judge. And guess who the judge was? His best friend. Everybody waited to hear, thinking what the sentence would be, thinking that he would be lenient to his friend. He'd do what he could to get him off easy. And when the time came to sentence his friend, he looked his friend in the eye. And he read the crimes that he had done. And he said, I'm going to level on you the greatest, hardest, most difficult sentence that the government, that the law will allow me. I'm not going to be easy. I'm going to give you the extent of the law. And he condemned him, sentenced him, came down with the gavel. Then he stood up, walked down to where his friend was, took his robe off, looked at the bench, and he said, I'll pay my friend's fine. Now, that's what Jesus did for us. He put his heart into it, his soul into it, his mind into it, all of his strength on Calvary into it. Friend, I'm examining myself today, and I encourage you to come to this altar. How much do you love the Lord? Jesus stood on that, stayed on that cross. When they said, come down for the cross, he didn't come down. He stayed, he waited, patiently waited until every sin of all mankind was atoned for. The scripture says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, look at this. Every two weeks you get paid or the first of the month. If your boss came up to you, pulled out the check and said, you know, you work 35 hours, 40 hours a week. He pulled out the check and said, here's a gift for you. You would look at me and say, gift? That's my wages. <laughs> I earned that. You're not giving me anything. I put time, talent, blood, the wages. But if your boss came up to you and said, I know you've been off. You've been sick. You can't work. But I have a check for you in the amount, just like if you had worked. This is a gift. You didn't earn it, but this is a gift. You see, you and I, the wages of sin is death. You and I deserve death, hell, and the grave. We earn that. That's our wages. But Jesus said, I'll, I'll take your wages. <laughs> like the lawyer said, you're sentenced, but I'll pay that paying was a gift. So here it is, friend. Come, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Can be cleansed of all your sins. 
experience newness of life. Truly, this is the day the Lord has made, and He made it for you, and He made it out of a heart of love. Here's a gift that you didn't earn. He gives it to you. You earn death. He gives you life. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Were you blessed by today's message? If so, would you take a moment to share your blessing with us? Send an email to contact us at thehealingwordministries.org. That's contact us at thehealingwordministries.org. Your response will bless us and we'll lift you up in prayer. The Healing Word is a ministry of the Largo Community Church and exists to grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. But we can't do it alone. Will you consider partnering with Pastor Morris today by praying for the ministry and consider sending a gift to help us in reaching those who are struggling with life's challenges and need hope for tomorrow? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on The Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. You can also mail a check made out to The Healing Word to 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20721. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you. Oh,